Hey there guys, Grizzly here. Before we dive into the latest exciting installments of the Slopescast, I wanted to give everyone a reminder that I will be streaming live on the 18th of February to raise funds and awareness for SANS as part of the Gaming for Good scheme. SANS exists to bring awareness and provide support for parents that have suffered the loss of a child through stillbirth or neonatal deaths and offers bereavement resources to thousands of parents across the UK. From 10am GMT, I will be pushing my limits and aiming for a full 24 hours, playing games from my childhood to the modern day with some friends and special guests which are to be announced. It would be awesome if you could come and join us. You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash grizzlycraden. Link is in the podcast description, YouTube and Twitch should that be too difficult to spell. Hope to see you there and now on with the show. You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slopescast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey guys, it's time for Slopescast on my brand new microphone. I hope I'm sounding better out there. I hope I'm sounding good. What do you think? Am I sounding all right, Grizzly? Yeah, it's not doing too bad. Not doing too oh. bad at all. It sounds a bit better than last time. It's definitely better than your webcam mic, which is just evil. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I heard you talk just then and no one sounds better than that sexy Grizzly voice. You doing yeah. all right, mate? Yeah hanging in there it's nice to start a fresh year of the slopes cast you know one without the award ceremony which nobody listened to on the spotify (sighs) but oh Oh, really it's (laughs) (laughs) those numbers are lower but it's okay you know we get we get our bout of self-indulgence uh and then we come back strong the next episode so that's the absolutely and god we have got some logos on that thumbnail right there god talk us through the uh six subjects go go right Let's talk about steamed hams uh, being reimagined as a LucasArts point-and-click style adventure. Possibly yeah. the most like lavish like version of the steamed hams meme, I like mm-hmm. to think. Um, we're going to also talk about Sony purchasing Bungie in, for 3.6 billion smackaroons, uh, which is a real currency. I looked it up. Don't, don't Google that. Um, just trust me. Yeah. Um, Club Sega arcades are indeed closing after 56 years. This isn't the Sega topic I wanted. Nope, but it's a Sega topic, so that's what you get. You demanded it, and this is what I did in return. Um, Star Wars 1313 footage uh, shows up featuring Boba Fett, uh, which was a nice surprise. The PS1 Bloodborne remake that we looked at like a few few weeks ago is actually playable, and you can download it right now. And we're also going to talk about the Halo TV show and a few other topics, also known as the and the rest section. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And let's start off. Let's start off on a high. Let's start off in what I think is probably the best news of this entire podcast. <laughs> and please, if people that are watching live, stick around because you know what? I've downloaded the Simpsons steamed ham point and click adventure. Very similar to those people out there that remember the uh, the classic LucasArts point and click games. Um, well, they've, they've turned the steam hams segment from the Simpsons, uh, which has been a meme for the longest time. One of my favorites is remixing the entire thing uh, to sound like a gorilla's feel good music video. Yeah. Um, at, well, now it's a point and click adventure. And, and like I said at the intro, it's peaked. It's peaked. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, like you, you you can't meme it better than this because, as far as I'm concerned, this is absolutely perfect. And the the worst part is, is it looks like a game I actually want to play, and I wish it would. There was more of it. Oh, it's yeah. such a, it's such a limited concept, a li limited sketch. But yeah. they've they've put all of the elements there. You get the full scum, uh, uh, scumm uh, UI. They've perfectly recreated the graphics of the game. Using assets from Day of the Tentacle, uh, Maniac, Maniac Mansion, and the Simpsons arcade game. Um, wow! They've imported all of the voice clips. They've imported the theme song in like typical DOS ver uh, DOS version. The attention to detail is just amazing. Oh, like, <laughs> someone make a full Simpsons! Oh, please point and click because this is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. P so for people. Watching picture your salmon max or your classic point and clicks. It's exactly exactly to a T that, but just the steam ham section from the classic Simpsons. Um, it's it's even got the pacing of classic monkey Monkey Island games, where you get a little bit of animation, you get a little bit of text and what have you, um, and the the voice clips, you know, where they would reuse uh, certain sound bites over and over again, like. Um, yeah. There's like a, a moment where Seymour comes back in with the mouth-watering hamburgers, and if you select it, <laughs> if you s select it in the inventory, he says the mouth-watering hamburgers. Before, of course, giving the mouth-watering hamburgers to Superintendent Chalmers or Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So I, I need to watch some classic Simpsons episode uh, season one to where, where did it start? About twelve. They're the best ones, aren't they? Between one and twelve, roughly. It's yeah, like Chef Matic is in the chat saying, "I have no idea what's going on with this section. Don't even know exactly know what steamed hams is. It's <laughs> it's just one of those. It's one of those like mini Simpsons scenes, which honestly, like out of context, would be completely unfunny. Um, yeah. and it's just like it's just a parody of a sitcom situation where. Uh, the episode itself, where it comes from, is called 22 Short, Short Stories About Springfield. And this is just one of them where they tr they parody the, the sitcom thing, um, where they where they spend more time talking about like the the citizens of Springfield as opposed to the Simpsons themselves. And it's such like such a weird thing where uh, Skinner is just progressively lying to like try and get out of trouble or trying to make a good impression um and it just it just barrels and barrels out of control until the point where his house is on fire and his his mother is about to die <laughs> as if you don't subscribe to the Armand Tanzarian uh thing <laughs> we won't we don't talk about the Armand Tanzarian thing oh yeah you could tell I'm a fan 
<laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. so good. And, and um, uh, shout out to, I, I didn't see who it was there. Uh, I think it was Michael Scally said that there was actually a steamed ham section um, imported into Simpsons Hit and Run, modded into Simpsons Hit and Run as well. And Ghost Trick, uh, there was another link in the Discord about uh, Ghost Trick being reimagined. Steamed Hands being reimagined in this. I don't really know what that whole thing is all about. So this this speaks to me. This is LucasArts classic kind it of really thing. Is. Yeah, I just love this. Brilliant. It's and definitely, so if you're listening perfect. at home, do come and click the links in the descriptions so you don't miss out on the fun because uh, you could actually play this. This is downloadable. You can do this thing. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Ah, love it. And uh, wasn't one of the uh, Simpsons creators actually uh, gave it a little retweet on Twitter as well? Yeah, Bill Oakley was the one who broke the story on this. And he's the one who (laughs) wrote a good portion of this section. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Oh, so funny. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Uh, So moving on from that, um, do you think PlayStation are flexing? Uh, not quite yet, because I don't exactly know what they're flexing here. Uh, I, I, wanna... I feel like anything you can do, we can try and do as well. Yeah. So before we go on to this, I let's preface this by saying that Jeff Keighley, just before this podcast uh, was being recorded, he went on to say that this is the, just the tip of the iceberg and that there are many, many more acquisitions of this type coming. And well, that sounds like a threat, doesn't it? He didn't specify whether it was from PlayStation or Microsoft. Bear in mind, Jeff Keighley's the award guy. Um, but um, yeah, I think this is it's now a proper bum fight where we're going to see all of these these uh, studios being hoovered up by the big, the big of the big two um in order to try and gain some muscle and gain some platforms now this is a weird one in my opinion because this is sony buying bungie um of halo fame and destiny uh of which they only really make one of those now and it's just mostly dlc for destiny 2 so yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't got a lot of love for it anyway. I mean, I was never the biggest Halo fan. Sorry for people that are waiting for us to talk about the Halo TV show. Um, I was never the biggest Halo fan. You know, I respect it, all that sort of stuff. Um, And I I honestly couldn't give less of a crap about Destiny. Um, And I just look at them as as Microsoft IPs. Uh, Almost like a Microsoft studio, even though obviously Destiny's on on all platforms. Um, But yeah, hey, Sony have gone and bought Bungie. I always feel it's a bit like, okay. I, I, I find it so strange because they pay a stupid amount of money for these studios. In this case, it's 3.6 billion, which is obviously absolutely a, a, a drop in the bucket compared to what Microsoft recently paid uh, uh, for um, whoever they bought recently, uh, Blizzard. But I, I, you still need to, it's still going to take so long. That, that, that return on investment must be so high. Like, I find it so weird that companies aren't, if they're going to be buying anyone, I mean, I'm, I'm, I wish they weren't buying anyone, if I'm honest. I like all these people being third party and be able to put these games out on all platforms if possible. But I, I, why aren't they looking into like these incredible indie studios that are making these incredible next level indie games and buying those sort of game companies up instead of buying people that, like Bungie that, have, like you say, really only made Destiny 2 in, in this state? Well, yeah. I'm going to come I'm going to just interject here. I'm going to say that Bungie is technically an independent studio because they cut ties with Activision. Um mm-hmm. they cut ties with Activision about 2 years ago. 
Um, so that that you know cements that reason why they can yeah. keep destiny. Um, and really, that's they were their own boss until mm-hmm. Sony came along and said, "Nope, not anymore." Um, and the other the other side of that is uh, independent studios don't turn heads. I mean, when you say you've bought um, you bought Activision Blizzard, you know Diablo, World of Warcraft, all of that. You know, people people sit up and listen, don't they? They they care yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. That puts bums in seats. Um, whereas I hate to say it, Stardew Valley wouldn't have the same kind of appeal. Um, but I will say Sony do have bought up a few independent studios um, oh, okay. quite recently. So, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I I can just, I mean, I don't think Sega's going to be buying anyone up anytime soon, uh, as we'll discuss <laughs> no. at the moment. But I just imagine in my mind, even they bought up Atlas, which is, you know, I suppose a pretty good acquisition for them. But I always feel like, for them, wouldn't it be better if they own like .mu? Like, you know mm. what I mean? Wouldn't it be cheaper to buy them? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. But um, <laughs> there's obviously a lot more to it behind the scenes. Um, and I just feel like the return yeah. on investment wouldn't be as hardcore if, if, if they were buying up. Yeah, like, say the studio that bought Stardew Valley or made Stardew Valley or something, but obviously, like you say, it, it, it'd barely break news. Yeah, so I'm looking at um, the 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 bit of an impact that this has. So bear in mind, Destiny Two is an eight year old game, um, which is hard to believe because it feels like it's much younger than that. But the um, the amount of people playing it yesterday uh, was eight hundred and sixty thousand players. That was 275,000 on Xbox, 355,000 on PlayStation, 224,000 on Steam, and who'd have thought, but 5,390 on Stadia. It's still a very popular game, and very few games are able to continue having a player base that strong um, after the initial launch. It really speaks to my mind that I feel that this is less about the game and more about the service that's being provided because this yeah. is the live live service format. This this Destiny was the game that started all of this, and um, I I can see Sony are trying to more like empire build in the form of services and platforms than they are about the games themselves, which is contrary to what they would usually do. Um, you can also kind of see that in other acquisitions they've made, things like Gaikai, where the cloud service is being used for other things. Yeah. Um, you know, PlayStation Now and other items. Destiny 2 will not be an exclusive to PlayStation. It's going to remain a cross-platform game. And Bungie have also stated, as part of this acquisition, they have full autonomy. While they'll be making games for PlayStation, and there'll probably be preferential treatment for PlayStation... All yep. of the games they make will be available on other platforms. And I'm thinking this might in some way, uh, in some small way, leverage some of those games from Microsoft Studios to play nice with PlayStation platforms still as well. Sure. Just a thought. It's interesting. And that's one of the first moves we've seen from a, a studio that Sony have bought to be like that. I know in, uh, Microsoft have always been in that, in that mindset where they're going to be able to buy these studios. So don't worry, all these studios we buy up, they'll still be releasing games for the for the competition, essentially. Um, but now now Sony's going down this route as well, at least with Bungie. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. 
and this, are, this, 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 this for me is more of a step into that direction where you've been, we've been talking about for generations about the fact that we're moving into a world where you, you buy a game console, but all games will come onto that game console. It won't just be constant competition. Uh, we're not there yet, and I don't even think the next generation will be there yet, but we are seeing this is, like I think, a big yeah. stepping stone in that direction. Whether you see that as a good thing or not, um, it's quite hard for the retro in me uh, to, to get away from not loving exclusives <laughs> but um, yeah. you know I get, it's, it's, yeah. it's a bizarre one so let's not pretend that this is a knee jerk reaction for Sony uh, against uh, like Microsoft and Activision these these deals take time and this has probably been in the works for a good couple of years in fact it's yeah, been yeah. reported that it's taken a couple of years but what it does feel like to me is that this might be a delayed knee jerk reaction to the likes of Apple, Google, and all of these other companies from stepping in. Because one of Google's Stadia's like biggest like things when they announced Stadia was that Destiny 2 will be playable at 4K 60 frames per second on their platform. And that was the first console platform to offer that. So it almost it almost stands to reason that maybe Google or Apple were thinking, right, let's let's uh let's validate our business model by bringing in one of these big hitters from you know the console and the pc gaming landscape and i feel like sony and microsoft are if anything they're protecting what they've got and trying to keep those those deals away so that act that apple and google would have to essentially start from scratch build their own studios to be able to make an impact if anyone they're fighting it's those guys not each other interesting it's interesting but um it's it <sighs> It's so hard, like you say, not to see this as an e-jet reaction thing, like you say, because Bungie, I, I see them as a Microsoft studio, even though they're, they're not, you know, yeah. anymore. Uh, they released, and Sony just bought them. <laughs> they, they released more for Mac than they ever did on, on a Microsoft platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marathon, yeah. marathon series, if you want to look up. Yeah, um, and I, like, like you also say, I, don't, I, I, I find this very hard. It's, it's hard to not see this as, as one of those acquisitions the same way when microsoft bought rare and did bug all with them um mm. I, I hope that isn't the case like i said I, i'm not the i don't really follow bungie it's not my cup of tea uh but there's a lot of lovers out there and i, I really do hope that they put them to their best and and, and make some genuine good games yeah um, yeah mm, interesting interesting not for me though <laughs> <laughs> not for not for me I, i'm glad that there's going to be like 50 people that will be really happy with this announcement but to me um bungie got struck it lucky with halo they had the backing from microsoft to make that happen mm -hmm. uh, i doubt very much it would have been as well received if it didn't have the marketing campaign behind it i'm just Absolutely. that's just always been my opinion mm. so moving on yes i uh i realized the other day that this is a bit of a, a, a punch in the gut moment i'm 38 years old right okay so i i i became 38 in december of 2021 it is now 2022 i'm obviously still 38 years old and someone said to me oh so you'll be 40 next year and i'm like no i'm 38 yeah but you'll be 39 at the end of this year and i'm like <laughs> oh wow that's painful oh 40 years old at the end of next year but technically next year that's painful that's very, very painful. And um, we instantly said, well, look, we need to make a big deal. Where, where do you want to go more than anywhere else in the world? I mean, I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Japan and see that big building with the big Sega logo on it. Yeah. But unfortunately, I might be too late. And I really hope I'm not. I really hope I'm not. I'm really hoping that 
Giga. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, yeah, Gigo or Giga. Giga, Gigo. Um, take their time rebranding. But rebranding, they said they will and they are going to. Oh, yeah. What am I talking about? Well, I think it was last year or the year before during a painful uh, 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 pandemic for, the, for businesses out there. Um, uh, Sega sold 85% of their shares to a company in the arcade space. Um, not in their arcade development space, but more their arcade like, hosting space, you know, their locations, primarily in like a harbor. We have the iconic big red building with the big blue Sega logo right bang on there. To me, that's, that, that's my Statue of Liberty. I'd love to see that. And uh, yeah, well, it's like 85%. It's, that, that was the big one. That was the big, big news. But now they've just topped the cake. They've taken the rest. Sega have sold the remainder of their shares to this company and rebranding will commence. At this point in time, that doesn't mean there's going to be any difference to the actual um, uh, the arcade games that Sega are making. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, Sega no longer. Oh, it's painful oh, no. to say this. No so longer sad. the owners of these arcade establishments from around the world, but primarily in Japan. Uh, it's a bit of a dying um, thing. Oh, like, this is painful. This, I, I'm getting vibes from when I first plugged in my Sonic uh, Heroes disc into my GameCube around all my Nintendo hardcore fans that grew up with one of the SNES and the N64 where I was more uh, at the Mega Drive and what have you. And it turned it on and the big Sega logo come up and that always fills me with joy. But then after that Sega logo came up, the Nintendo logo came up and I was like, oh, oh, I've lost. That's it. All those arguments I had. <laughs> all those arguments I've had all the way through those years, I've just lost it. And I remember, like, I was sitting there dead center at that telly because I had this demo for um, Sonic Heroes, and they all, all my mates, just turned back at me and went, "Ooh," because they knew, they knew the pain. And I'm getting those vibes right now. Oh, yeah, it's super sad, isn't it, when you think about it? But um, the so yeah i i think we had a similar thing over here when the yeah. sega parks and the sega world would close in trocadero you know sad times i mean these were physical monoliths to the uh the, to the 90s and sega branding you mm -hmm. know this was the last like as far as we're concerned physical like embodiments of what sega was really about and you know yeah. kind of like a sign that they still had it in some way um, yeah. When that when they went third party, that kind of died uh, for the consoles, but we still had these. Um, and just like you, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I've always wanted to see the Club Sagas and the yeah, the, mass yeah. the massive building, the famous massive red building with that blue lettering, and it's going to be gone in time. Really so really rebranding is going to go like this. Uh, so Sega have obviously been around for fifty six years, and it's not just that. You have got the Joy Joyopolis Center. I might not ever get to see. I might not ever get to step foot in a Sega Joyopolis. Yeah, um, well, but well, anyway, that's, well, that's the thing. They were talking about bringing those over to the UK again, weren't they? They're were talking about bringing yeah. a Sega World or the Sega Joyopolis to the UK and various other regions. And it's it was going to be Genja Gigo Entertain uh, Gender Gigo Entertainment who were going to do that. They were going to essentially distribute it under the Sega name. Maybe they'll do a different approach here, but. No, they're very clear on wanting to uh, rebrand in Japan, at least, which is yeah, yeah super sad to me. Um, so, yeah, um, they've been going on for 56 years. Uh, Gigo Giga, uh, who, who own the, uh, the, the, the shares now, or at least the majority of the shares, 
uh, are actually going to be uh, um, uh, rebranding this uh, to Giga or Gigo. Um, I, need, I need to be seeing this logo that's going to be taken away from that iconic, iconic Sega logo. Uh, let's find out what they're called. G Gigo. Gigo Entertainment. The Gender Gigo Entertainment. Let's have a look. Gigo. It's not, it's not it a million. Sound right, does it? It's not a million miles off. Uh, it's a big blue logo. It <laughs> <That> says Gigo. <laughs> Well, they should be able to save some time on paint, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I was really sad, though. Um, I was reading a, a bit of a stat on Japanese arcades. Back in the heyday of 1986, they would have 26,573 arcades in Japan alone. Now they're looking at 4,000, um, which is, uh, you know, that's that's quite a drop. I know that it's been a long time since the 80s, but damn, you know. Mental, mental. Uh uh, but like I say, this isn't going to be the end of Sega Arcade Entertainment. Um, uh, the big, big one, I, the only real big one, honestly, to come from them is the uh, Scarlet Dawn House of the Dead Machine that was um, uh, pumped out a few years ago. Other than that, it's not a lot. Um, not many people realise that there's this, this game called ATX, which when I saw it, I was like, ooh, ooh, a new racing Sega Arcade game. You play it, like, this is a bit forgettable. Um uh, I actually went with my son only yesterday because he did well at school. So we gave him a uh, congratulatory trip to Blue Water here in the UK where they have a Sega Active Zone, which is tiny, absolutely tiny. Um, and they, he's obsessed with Luigi's Mansion. And I told him there's a Luigi's Mansion arcade game. So we drove an hour for him just to go and play on a Luigi's Mansion arcade game. But it was cool. We got to have the little um, uh, Hoover, suck up the ghosts, all that sort of stuff um but uh yeah yeah we he got it's a sega active zone you go there and there really isn't a lot of sega representation anymore um there's a lot of resumption stuff which i've got nothing against because if you actually go to these sega arcades in japan which i haven't been but i've seen many many a, a walk around there is actually a crazy amount of sega redemption stuff um and that's part of sega's history as well there's entire sections and teams at sega that work on nothing but those types of games horse racing all that sort of stuff um but um yeah that stuff for the most part, what I can see isn't going to be going away. Um, although you have got a question and you've got to think to yourself, how long will it be, you know? Yeah. All I'm going to say in finalization over this whole debacle is... Oh, so painful. To be this good took ages. Uh, yeah. The past tense hurts, doesn't it? Oh, so painful. Mm, a moment of silence has just passed. <laughs> Generally, I, it, it's a loss for words moment. Like... Yeah. Oh, I'll always love you, Sega. Yeah, and I'm sure at some point, in some way, you will return to us in time. Absolutely. Grizzly, I demand a happier Sega topic next week. I demand it. I, I, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the next one. Sega bought D, uh, .mu and they're making Streets of Rage 5. <laughs> Nintendo bought Sega and... Every classic Sega game is going to get a reboot. That will be remake. That'll yeah. be me. The old platoon, arms in the air. No, that'll be me <laughs> right there. That 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 stuff goes down. I'll be running down the side of the building faster than Sonic. <laughs> it's ready for the face plant. No, no, no. But hey, th yeah, this is, this is sad times. Um, um, long, long, long live what's left. Andy Norton, a remake of Sonic Heroes on the Game Boy. That would be considered an upgrade, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right moving on to star wars stuff you seen much of this new boba fett tv show have you 
I haven't, no. And funny uh, enough, Boba Fett is one of my favourite characters. Uh, I guess I'm just worried about watching it um, because I genuinely love Boba Fett's character, um, especially in Shadows of the Empire, which is the um, the one that's got the game, the soundtrack, the book, and everything other than the movie. And that's how it was originally pitched. But uh, yeah, it really fleshed out Boba Fett there. Um so yeah, great character. I'm really worried about watching this this series because uh, I I have a I have a thing feeling it might be awful. Um, and then the I mean, you know what? I've I've heard bad things, but I feel like it's one of those things that everyone's going to hate on anything Disney do with Star Wars. Um, yeah. And uh, from the hardcore fans, I I know they say, well, you know what? Like this isn't actually a million miles away from. Um, what 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 George Lucas would have wanted done if you look at the art style and stuff of that TV show. But regardless, regardless, Boba yeah. Fett fans, we have actually uh, got some unseen footage of the Star Wars thirteen thirteen game that recently went out, um, and uh, looks very Uncharted. Hey, I love Uncharted. I think they're some of the best games um, ever made, in my opinion. I absolutely adore the Uncharted games. Um, and uh, I mean, this was created by some of the people that worked on that game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. And uh, hey, we get to see what a game could have been. It's obviously very, very basic looking in its earlier stages, but it looks cool. And um, I, I would have been down for this. This this looks like a Star Wars game I would have wanted to play more than most, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks awesome. But we'll never get to play it. We get to watch just the video of an unfinished version of the game. A very unfinished version of the game. So mm. we're watching a section, uh, for people listening in, we're watching a section where Boba Fett or a Mando wearing uh, armoured wearing... Uh, character, uh, possibly younger version of Boba Fett, is running after some criminals in in a very similar way to that that you would have seen in that Prey Two uh, demo, if anyone remembers that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like you get the chases on. Um, you, the guy is like essentially setting off traps, uh, causing Boba Fett needing uh, to like jump and run around and climb up in typical Uncharted style fashion. Um, it looks very ropey, very early, um, of course. But you can see what they were trying to do with this, and I think they could have yeah, pulled it off. Definitely. And, mm. you know, who doesn't want to play as Boba Fett in a game of this this style and caliber? I can see how a lot of these like ideas were turned into like Jedi Fallen Order. Like, even some of these animations, these like run cycles and back backdrops, you get the impression that this was reused somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would have liked to have seen this game. I, I, I definitely was looking forward to it when I first heard about it. You know, high concept, well, well polished Star Wars game with a bounty hunter edge. Arguably, the second coolest like part of Star Wars being the bounty hunters, um, as opposed mm -hmm. to the likes of a, uh, you know, typical Jedi and Sith that you always get to play as in everything else. So it's good. Yeah, I think yeah. it would have been good. Would have been good. Uh, it's nice to see this sort of stuff, though, uh, at the very least. I'd have been all right with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it looks quite good. It looks it looks very much like the uh, uh, the typical Sony-esque Uncharted-like games that I would have been all down for. Um, and, um, yeah, especially near the beginning of this uh, this this preview, where it looks a lot more polished. Um, it's so, so Uncharted, walking through the bar, and then you kind of trigger a little bit of an automatic bit where you bump into somebody... Um, it would have been nice, but hey, we didn't get it. We didn't get it. Um, yeah. But like I said, I should go watch that TV show now. Probably. <laughs> yeah, me working too. My, I'm working my way through the original X-Files at the moment. That's what me and uh, my wife are watching from from episode one, season uh, one. 
I was re-watching My Name is Earl. What a show. It was, but I feel like they really lost it on season two. Because he, he stopped like... Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't watched season two. Have you, have you, you've seen them all, have you, before? Oh, yeah, I've seen them all. They, 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 they sort of gave up with the list a little bit in this season two. And it went all weird where you went to prison and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, but I suppose they, you can't just keep doing the exact same thing every episode. Yeah, they had the season where he was mostly in a coma. And yeah, that's you. it. Yeah. yeah, weird. It's really bizarre. Really Still bizarre. a great show. Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love the first season. I was really. Speaking of which, let's 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 do a tangent. Have you seen Ethan Soupley now? The guy who played Willem in like Mallrats and Randy in in My Name Is Earl. The guy has really changed. Like this this was like your typical like you know it was funny because he was fat kind of like character actor. That's kind of what. Oh he did. yeah. Oh man, yeah. he's 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 hench. He's turned he's turned beefcake and good on him. Yeah. He's just like oh he's done man, well. yeah. You, you need to you need to look up a photo, and you wouldn't believe how much of a transformation this guy's had. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he is he's that. hench. Yeah, he's wow, done well, dude. And he, he was the one who kept. Uh, he, he was the one who did the sailboat thing from Mallrats, and I, I love him forever for that. Yeah, and I love the fact X. that I love the fact that he's now getting like legit roles because you know he he changed from being. The fat funny guy to being someone who can it's really sad isn't it when you say it like this but you know how he's he's getting more like character driven roles that don't involve you know him being a fat boy and it's yeah there we go it's a, it's a shame he had to do that to to be taken seriously I, I just find it a pain but either way i'm good good on him you know that's a lot of weight to lose Indeed, indeed. There we go. There we go. Ah, very cool. I thought he was with Juliet Lewis. I think he might have split up with her now, potentially. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know who that is. I like Juliet Lewis. Ah. Anyway, well, I, 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 she done a single with the Prodigy as well, which is really bizarre. Anyway, 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 anyway. Let's chat about Bloodborne, which has been yeah. demade for the PlayStation One. We chatted about this before, but uh, yes. hey, now it's a thing. I love this. I absolutely love this. They've done a great job. Um, and it's actually amazing because when we first talked about this, we weren't entirely sure on how much of a demake this actually was. We thought it was just like, uh, originally we thought it was just a video. Yeah. Yes, it had some gameplay UI elements, but anybody can mock those up if you've got the ability to make, um, if you've got the ability to make the assets to begin with. But no, this is the entire first part of the game, including the two... Uh, the two boss battles that you encounter, which is the Cleric Beast and, the, and Father Gascoin, they've really gone to town with this. And it, to it's my insane. mind, it means that they could, they could expand on this in the future. But yeah, absolutely insane. They've even gone to the attention to detail of putting in like the Roland 88-style uh, audio synthesization. So it actually sounds like a PS1 game. You get slow down in certain areas, <laughs> like when you fire off a flamethrower, it will actually slow down the game as you would expect it to on a typical PlayStation. If anyone played like Nightmare Creatures or anything that involved yeah, yeah, yeah. effects, you know exactly what I mean. It, it would just tank the frame rate, and they've kept it. It's it's insane. Like if this came back, this this looks like it could have come out back in the day, big time. I'm sure, yeah. Um. I don't know what else to say. This is like this is this is top tier, god tier fan game territory. Yeah, it's so so good. Uh, and by the way, guys, my next video, one of my next videos, is actually all about Metroid fan games. Keep an eye out for that. Um, 
Yes, this is nuts. I, I, I don't really know what else to say. Um, if you're listening, imagine Bloodborne on a PlayStation 1 in sort of OG Resident Evil Dino Crisis kind of graphics, and you're there. That's yeah. what's happened. <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah. And the best part is, it is indeed playable right now for free. Indeed. If you go on to itch.io, uh, look it up. Um, definitely give it a go if you're a fan of Bloodborne or if you like the idea of like a brand new PS1 game coming. Because I tell you what, it looks like it fits, it would fit right on the shelf next to Nightmare Creatures or In Cold Blood. And, you know, it's just, it looks brilliant. They've done such a great job and it's insane. I remember not enjoying that show too much that, that, that game nightmare creatures too much when it came out yeah it's got like it gets brought up so much though there's some serious nostalgia for nightmare creatures yeah it's because like games like i hate to say dark souls because it feels like we've just hit an seo marker every time i do but yeah it's because games like dark souls have come along they've they've introduced people to that level of difficulty that kind of antiquated um like method in of of making games and it's now kind of made it give gave it perspective as if to say right no this isn't just like a ropey um like old game this was designed for this reason within the limitations of the hardware and really it's actually kind of fantastic when you consider how much they were able to squeeze onto this thing yeah yeah, Um, yeah. I, i got a similar experience recently i played through shadow man remastered which is another one we talked about a while back you did yeah 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 um I've I've managed to finally play and complete that game. Um, and really now it, nice remaster, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. And the the best part about it is is that it's the kind of game that would not be made anymore, and there's likely a good reason for that. It's because it is outdated. the The idea of throwing you in an open world and not giving you any direction whatsoever. And not in the Zelda Breath of the Wild, where it's kind of quaint and you can do anything and go that way. It's like you go the wrong way. If you go the wrong way, there's a there's an enemy over there that will kill you. Or you will go to an area and you think, well, I don't see any more doorways. I don't see any more exits. Have I completed this area, or uh, or do I have I missed something earlier on in the stage which I should have actually gone? You know, that kind of thing just doesn't happen anymore. You get handheld, you get signposts, um, or you get the character saying, oh, maybe I should check out that door from earlier. You don't get that with Shadow Man. And I, I sort of love it for that reason, because it just feels like I'm actually working out a game. I'm getting immersed in the world because I need to figure out where to go. It feels like that everything's lived in. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to work out this like gigantic puzzle. Um and uh, yeah, I just I love stuff like that. But as I say, it's the kind of game that people just wouldn't tolerate in these days. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Like I say, not there's. I mean, I, I, I've actually not played Bloodborne, the original games, so I, I just see this as a cool thing. Um, but yeah, very cool. Very cool. Very very cool thing. As is <laughs> the Halo trailer. We got our final trailer for the Halo TV show, which is coming to Paramount Plus and. I don't yeah. know what that relates to here in the UK, but um, it yeah. doesn't. That's the sad part. It doesn't. Paramount Plus. So I've been waiting for the South Park COVID, uh, post COVID special yeah, to come yeah. out, and there's been absolutely no talk of it. You have to, you have to pirate it to to see it. Um, so that I don't know what they're going to do with Halo. Possibly 
be released on Game Pass as well. I'd imagine that would be a thing. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Halo. Looks nice, doesn't it? It does. Even if it does have that typical like CG I done for TV look to it. It like does the, a bit, doesn't it? Definitely. Like the fight scenes, the Covenant and what have you, they all look a bit, you know, yeah, camel spidery. But I will say, out of all of the TV projects and movie projects I have seen for a video game based thing, this looks authentic. It like it's genuinely, very high it, budget. it looks like Halo. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that I know that there's books, I know there's novels, there's comics, and all of this for the Halo franchise that probably tell a deep and enriching story that the fans absolutely love. But in reality, I play the games, and to be honest, the story takes a backseat. I like playing the game, I like shooting things, I like running around, getting into vehicles, and having an absolute blast with with my friends. I don't really care of what what Master Chief is doing, and to be honest, I don't even really know most of the time. <laughs> it's just I will I say. I do know what you mean. Good. I do know what you mean. Yeah, I, you know, they they could inject any sort of story into this, and it would probably be absolutely fine to me. So yeah. I'm not going to be one of those guys who watches this and go, "Oh no, Cortana, um, she she was never a human first, or she's always been blue, or I don't care what, uh, yeah, Master Chief would never do that in that situation." I am the typical moviegoer who has absolutely no idea about video games watching Resident Evil 2004 um, just going, oh, that was really good, actually. I quite like this Resident Evil thing. That would be me <laughs> watching Halo. Yes. Uh, and, and, and massive, um, hey, big thumbs up for me for Natasha McKellone. Am I not saying that right? McKellone, um, uh, who, who's one, who's the looks like the main actress in this Um Big, big fan of hers uh, from her Californication days. And she's in plenty of other things as well. Truman Show and a few other things. But uh, yeah, like I like her. And uh, she's in this Halo show. So that makes me a happy person. Happy person indeed. Yes. Yeah. I know that this is going to be either really, really popular or it's going to piss a lot of people off. Uh, to me, as I say, it, it looks it looks pretty damn authentic. They've yeah. definitely got the armor right. They didn't do anything to change that. Cortana looks weird, I agree. But again, there's probably a story reason for it, um, as there usually is, that they'll probably change it later on to match customer expectation, I guess. Yeah. I just I just want it to be fun. This? Uh I don't think they care. <laughs> Truly, I don't think they care. They, they, they are signed over that. up right now, aren't they? <laughs> they, they are they... enjoying some money. <laughs> They're thinking to themselves, we just made 3.6 billion, boys. Yeah, we've only got two games to get that. Um, <laughs> wouldn't you? Should have made three. No, nah, right. three games would have been we would have been the five billion, mate. Oh That's well, it. job done. Jobs are good and um, mental, absolutely. Right, yeah. So Halo TV. That's a that's a TV show. That's a thing that we've been talking about for a while. And we finally get to see our first trailer. Booyah! Yeah, let's there chat we go. about Atari, shall we? The Atari VCS, because apparently it's getting some games. Yes, we are now in the and the rest section. Oh, are we? Is this an and the rest? Yeah. So Atari VCS <laughs> yeah, really are getting some brand new games, uh, which are already out on Steam um, and elsewhere, and a flashback collection of Atari seventy eight hundred games, which um, you know came out years and years ago. Oh, I, what is the appeal? <laughs> I will say. For the record, Asteroids Recharge looks the looks amazing. It looks like a lot of fun, and the main reason I included this is just to drive home the fact 
this is what I want Amico games to look like. This this is like the kind of retro revival type game that they should be doing right now. Not that bloody JPEG thing. Or no PNG, sorry. That's that's be fair. Um off tanks and what have you. Going around like a nondescript uh, thing. I don't know. I'm it looks so I, I, okay, so I've got I've got a t- asteroids recharge. It does look all right. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. Then you've got missile command recharge, which looks like the exact same game. Yeah. Then you've got centipede recharged. Uh, again, looks like the same style game. You have got black widow recharged because yeah, there was a game called Black Widow. It's the one that everyone forgets about. Uh, yeah. It's essentially a twin stick shooter. Um, and then you've also got breakout recharged. These to me look like they should all be on the same little collection with about another five recharge games and they should the whole thing should cost 25 quid and Agreed. what does this collection make me want to do this collection makes me want to play geometry wars because that's 100 yes. percent the style they're going for it doesn't even look as good as a geometry wars game uh, it looks like they're trying to cover they're trying to copy that but they're not looking as good um and i i would argue i actually prefer the look of the amico games oh divisive <laughs> yeah no it's fair dude it's fair no no that's fair enough i don't think i, I don't think I it's love the bad. art style personally i'm a big fan of that always have been uh geometry mm. was yeah you're absolutely right uh pioneered that when space invaders extreme did it i enjoyed it then uh when pac-man championship edition did uh brought it out that's i loved it one. then that was a good one. you know it's that neon line uh vector line visual will always appeal to me uh, i yeah. i love it no, don't get me wrong. And, and, and I say the same thing for the Amico. Like, the majority of the games that are in that set, I think, should technically um, uh, probably be on collections for the same amount of money. Uh, and, and I am happy about these actually already being on or coming to Steam. Because <laughs> it means, awesome. Got that Steam deck coming out. So boring <laughs> I'll play old, on that. You know what? It's so a boring old fart just came out of a blinder. They should bring Shatter back. Did you ever play Shatter? I have to look it up to remind myself what it looks like. Let's have a look. Let's, let's stick a video on of Shatter um, because people need to see this thing. So this is a game that came out on PS3. Uh, it's also available right. on Steam. Um, it was essentially breakouts, uh, but they kind of like weaved a bit of a story in there. They had far more creative gameplay elements and the soundtrack was insane. Sorry, it's more, yeah, it's like Arkanoid. Um, type game which is breakout what am i talking about but you would also have mechanics where you can kind of like bring the ball closer with a like a suction or blow it away from you um it just gave you loads of opportunities for uh like combos and there's even oh, yeah boss the, the, this the looks 10 times better than anything i've just shown from the atari that's coming yeah. out it, it looks this... almost like a mix between this and like, almost like a shmup in some aspects exactly and that's why it's like it, that's why it's amazing and there's like Amazing. the power ups as you like collect things, and that allows you to shoot like shards at the blocks. So it's not as easy as it sounds. It gets really challenging, but it's by far one of my favourite like Arkanoid type games. How are you um, controlling the actual um, uh, the, the, the 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 thing that you bounce on the, your your paddle? How do you control the paddle? Because um, oh, it's shooting up and down really quickly. Just analog stick. Um, Is it really that easy? It looks like yeah, you're you... almost doing it with like motion controls by some. Or something. No. Uh, it's analog stick, and you can set the sensitivity. So some people would do it like up really high. So here's like an example of one of the boss fights. It's just absolutely brilliant. But you got to hear the soundtrack. You got to play it with the soundtrack at like full volume. It's brilliant. One of I reckon what I'm looking game. at is they're playing it with a six axis, and that's how it's being controlled. You know what I mean? 
Oh no, there's sorry, there's like a shift mechanic you can do. So like when you oh, see okay. when you see him shoot up and down, I think you can pull the trigger and it like does like a, a quick like burst of speed. Right, right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Definitely that's a recommendation from two thousand and seven and I'm still to this day I would recommend people go and play it. It's such an undersung classic. Shatter Barely Noah. Yeah. Right. That's Thank you for that one, Michael Towns. Um <laughs> yeah, so hey, these games are coming to the Atari VCS and everything else. In this aspect, I know we were just talking about how exclusivity isn't always the best thing, but come on, Atari, give us a reason. Give us something. Yeah. Um I don't see release Shatter as a as, release Shatter remastered as an exclusive. That might get me to buy your platform. <laughs> uh there we go. Oh get your bingo cards out, guys, because it's time to chat about FTs. <laughs> Incoming, or now, you could call it a team 17 kamikaze, and yeah, they could, yeah, you could. Oh, wow, <laughs> I'll get yeah, you. yeah, um, we, we, we've, yeah, do you want to we start? talk about NFTs a lot because all of our major uh studios that we love growing up, growing up, um, keep doing this thing. Now, I've gone on record to say that I, uh, I'm not part of the um, the bubble that just hates for the sake of hating. Because I can guarantee you, I can absolutely guarantee you, there's no way of me proving this, but I can guarantee you the majority of the people that moan about NFTs don't know why they're moaning about NFTs. They're joining in. They're joining in to moan. And I'm not that person. I don't know a lot about NFTs and crypto and all that sort of stuff. But I'm not going to sit here and just start, I hate them. Why? Well, because oh, everyone else hates them. Ah! No, that's not me. I want to find out a bit more about them. And I put out a tweet, and um, it was a bit of a bold tweet for me to put out recently, where I was saying, well, look, hang on. If these things, what we're talking about is the fact that in this case, that Team 17 are putting out environmentally friendly NFTs that will not in any way, shape, or form uh, affect the gameplay. These are literally just digital assets that you would buy that have literally nothing to do with the game whatsoever. You can't put it in your game, you can't have it. It's just something for you to own. It's like a JPEG on your computer, or a PNG, or a GIF, or whatever. Um, so my, my argument was, hey, if people want to spend upwards of stupid amounts of money on these uh, uh, NFTs, these pictures, whatever you want to call them, um, and they are environmentally friendly, what's the issue? So I put that out there and I said, look, I'm not trying to join any size. I just want to know. I want to know what's the actual problem here, you know? And um, I got a lot of information back on it. And um, I am starting to understand it a lot more now in the sense of why people don't like it. The people that know what they're talking about, why they, those people don't like it. Um, and one of the main reasons I can, the main two things I've come to in this particular example, because obviously there are examples out there where it does affect the game. You know, this whole earn to play, um, um, uh, 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 play to earn, sorry, uh, way yeah. of doing it, which we don't want to go down there. We don't want, I, I, even from the beginning, I've always said, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. Especially my, especially my classic uh, franchise that like Konami is, you know, or, or, or even these indie studios that put out these incredible games. Team 17 put out some amazing games. Um, but one, the biggest issues I've come back from my research after wanting to find out more is the fact that environmentally friendly isn't exactly environmentally friendly. It's better than what it was, but it is not environmentally friendly so there's number one that's the biggest one without a doubt that is that's the big one and the second one below that in this instance is more the fact that um it's 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 damaging uh to the brand um and and the legacy of these incredible uh franchises which is always something i kind of understood anyway but um yeah you can definitely see it because 
when you think of Team 17, you think of Worms. For Team 17, Worms is their Sega to Sonic. Uh, Sonic to Sega or, or Mario to Nintendo. You know, Team 17 have Worms and a lot of other quality games as well. But Worms is their baby. And now you got this thing, yeah. which genuinely looks like a polished turd. For people listening yeah. in, what I'm looking at is, you know, you know what a worm looks like. Kind of a bit like a turd anyway. But now he's glittery. Want to buy one? <laughs> Digitally? Yeah. So the, um, the really odd thing about this is, is that you can totally see how this artwork was generated. Artwork, if you can call it that. Um, because it's made up of several random elements. And these yeah. are randomly generated. So you've got a bit of glitter on his face. You've got the holy hand grenade. You've got a Terminator yeah. eye. Um, you got random glitter and like a really, really poorly like um, I, I guess you could call it feathered like cutout image um, of a, of like a stone plaque it sits on. It is atrocious if this was it's to be considered bizarre, official that's art. What they've shown off as yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. Mm. Yeah. Um, my my opinion on this one, I I found this like absolutely almost kind of hilarious at times because um if anybody remembers a game called going under it was made by a studio called agro crab they came out with a very clear condemnation of this now bear in mind that when team 17 announced that they were going to go ahead with nfts none of the people all their studios knew they were going to do it so i'm just going to read out verbatim Mind us the swears of what AgroCrab had to say about it. You know, the guys who made a bad, uh, a game called Going Under, which is about bad business practices and inc even included an anti-crypto dungeon. Right. So we, we at AgroCrab condemn Team 17's decision to produce and engage with NFTs. We believe NFTs cannot be environmentally friendly or useful and really just are an overall bleeping griff. Please do not harass employees at Team 17 or the devs, which I agree with, under their umbrella, as this decision seems to have been taken everyone off guard and likely came from the very top. Needless to say, we will not be working with them on further titles and encourage other indie developers to do the same unless this decision is reversed. I bleeping hate it here. Wow. I mean, this is like... Going Under was a bit of a hit for Team 17. So just to have that immediate condemnation of this move just kind of shows like, the general feeling around NFTs and the inability for companies to read the room as well because they're still going at it. And yeah, we're seeing... it's so bizarre because, like you say, it's, it's really bizarre that they don't read the room. And yeah. But because they have done since then, kind of yeah. breaking news because just before we went live, well, explain away, Grizzly. Yeah, so they, they've reversed the decision. They've clearly seen that it's not been a popular move or, you know, not being considered a popular move. Um, and they've reversed the decision. So they've gone the same way that Sega have for now. Mm. Um, and and uh, the, well, who was the other one? That was the guys who made uh, making Stalker, um, Stalker 2, Shadow of the Chernobyl. Um, yeah, it, it's so bizarre because it almost feels like this is going to be somewhat dramatic in, a, in an analogy, but do bear with me and I hope you understand what I mean when I say this. It feels like NFTs are Xerxes and they're going up the free, going up against the 300, i.e. the people on Twitter who absolutely abhor NFTs and they're just falling against the spears consistently 
despite the fact that multiple other armies or companies in this case have done exactly the same and they're going but why doesn't people want nfts and it's just like oh i it, it really really bothers me it really does that nobody's like looking at the situation or maybe someone is and they're just being really silent about it nobody's looking at the situation and going hang on that company did it and they got they they lost like market share or mm-hmm. you know they they lost company value that company did it and they got absolutely like laughed out of the building what can we do different that will make it so that customers actually like this idea what can we do to actually prove that these are environmentally friendly because right now all they're saying is it's environmentally friendly well how tell us you know like me and dan we're we're not the biggest like we're not the biggest experts on this whole thing all we've heard is on once on one token massively damaging to the environment and then you come along and say this isn't massively damaging to the environment I want to know how at this point, because one sounds really, really bad. One sounds less bad, but you're not proving it. Um, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's like saying, um, let's remove all plastic straws in the world uh, to replace them with paper straws, not realizing that paper straws are actually in some way more damaging to the environment because of their manufacturing process. <laughs> it's just one of those things. You know, you're just replacing one bad move for potentially another really bad one. Tell us how it's done, and then maybe we'll believe you, you know, I until you show receipts. I think it's almost more painful when a studio like this, who's um, uh, a lot of its fan base and a lot of its followers are people like us um, that are going to be more anti it. Where I suppose a studio like your EAs or your Ubisoft will ha- will have a niche group of people that will be able to adopt to it a lot more, to a lot quicker, and they're obviously you know bigger studios. Um, but just to think that you know, and, and and to use worms, to use worms. <laughs> to be fair, if you're going to pick any Team Seventeen property, worms would be the one because it's all about having that character with interchangeable assets, isn't it? That's oh what yeah, no, I understand, but I mean it's thing just like. Was. The people that under, the people that know worms and, and and grew up with worms, they're people that are for the most part more anti NFTs than the majority. And uh, <laughs> own this. This looks awful. Absolutely yeah. awful. And I was uh, I, yesterday. I was part of the Team Seventeen Discord, and my God, that is a trash fire right now. Even even now, after they've reversed the decision. The problem is with NFTs is that if you don't pitch it right, if you don't get the information right in the first place, that's a bad smell that's not going to go away. You know, it's the intent behind going into it has caused that much of an uproar. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just how vitriolic this whole thing is. And it almost seems like unless you're a massive, massive company that can take the initial hit of the, you know, let's just face it, vocal minority. That's what people online are. Because the majority of the people who love the who who play the games, who go out there into the shops still, physical markets, or you know, just shopping through, um, you know, PlayStation or Xbox stores, and sees, oh, I used to play Worms. Let's give that a go. Oh, you mean I can earn money while playing this game? That sounds amazing. I want in. That's going to be the experience for the majority of people. You know, it's great that we we are so outspoken about it. If you are against it, but at the end of the day, as Dan says, the, these are a thing that's coming. Yeah. Um, and at some point, someone's going to break through, whether it be like uh, EA, uh, Activision, Microsoft, Sony, or whoever. 
um, and they are going to make a killing out of this because ultimately it's not you who they need to convince. It's the people who actually play the games and buy them en masse. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, um, uh, P4O was like, I didn't realize they made much more than Worms. No, they, they make good games. And th this week alone, I had some mates over who was playing um, uh, Moving Out. It's a great multiplayer game. Overcooked, me and my wife still Overcooked. play. It's amazing, yeah. Overcooked is so, so good. Uh, I didn't realize they actually had the uh, rights to Honey, I Joined a Cult, a game I played um, at a trade show a few years back. When we met! played that um blasphemous i recently got but i've actually not got into yet uh they, they, they've got they've got some great games under them. my my name uh my time in Porsche Portia, golf with friends the survivalists uh or the escapists as i've played um yeah they, yeah they've got uh, they, they, they are uh, the, the top level of the indie publishers here in the uk uh i think .mu are catching up though in in in, in france um, most importantly one of the last few ones remaining in the uk yeah um, definitely ukulele impossible lair yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be. That's a good game. Yeah, Platonic needed Team 17 to do the shing. So, yeah, I know they, they own the Alien Breed and Super Frog licenses as well. Um, yeah, um, they're, a, they're a quality studio. Um, this was definitely a step in the wrong direction. Um, they, they've, they've stepped back from it now, uh, for, at least for the time being. It's for me, uh, as Grizzly said, though, so mind boggling that they wouldn't see this coming. Yeah, maybe it's because we discuss it so often, but it's yeah. bizarre, really bizarre. It's it's like the, there's blood in the water, i.e., money uh, to be made, and the sharks or the studios are just thinking about how they can access it quicker than anyone else. Because you know, um, I watch a lot of Jim uh, Jim Sterling or James Stephanie Sterling if we uh, if we want to go full title, um, and he's ab uh, they then are very very correct when. Um, that the problem is with corporations is that they don't want just some of the money. They want all of the money. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's becoming very true. Even for indie outfits that they're, they're seeing an opportunity here. And to be honest, this, this just isn't it. The ethical uh, dilemmas to be considered before you make a move like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, bad move team 17, but you are correcting that. I'd like to think uh, apparently their stock price have gone up. has gone up. I wonder if that'll be the same tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after the move, yeah. So, hey, the Steam Deck's coming. Yes. I can't wait. Well excited for this. So Genuinely, I, I don't have an Xbox Series uh, X. That's the latest one, isn't it? Um, yep. I don't have one of those. I should have one of those, being, you know, what I do for a living. But I'm not going to get one. I want one of these. I want a Steam Deck. That is what I am all about. And it is stopping me, already stopping me buying um, some indie games for the Switch. It, yeah. Because it, 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 yeah. this is going to be the right? ultimate, ultimate system for games like that. I mean, obviously, you're going to be able to play some actual decent games on here. To, I, I, sorry, not decent. More AAA-esque games on here as well. Um, I'm very excited to be able to play through something like Portal 2. Oh, it's going to be so good on the move, Portal 2. Oh, one of my all-time favorite games, that is. Um, I look forward I'm also... to playing Shatter on this. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to be playing my entire indie lineup of games on this system because, I mean, that's what I play on my Switch. So, oh, well excited yeah. for this. I've, so I've February 25th, what... gone. Yeah. I think that's the best part about this is the fact that it's not indie games from the most recent generation. It's indie games from every conceivable PC generation, including ones that are accessible via emulation. That's why I want this thing. It's not just what's 
it's not just what Nintendo want to sign off on. It's everything. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Um, so You're the way in the second you... batch, the same as me, though, aren't you? Yeah, but there is a chance. So hear me out. So um, the console releases on the 25th of February. Uh, people will be messaged um, around that time to say, do you still want your pre-order? And then if it if they say no or they don't get a response, it moves on to the next eligible person. Can you imagine how many people pre-ordered this or stuck their pre-order down as a knee-jerk reaction thinking, right, I want to see what this is about and I don't want to be one of the last people to get get it if I like what the look of it. How much There's was the be some um... people who say no? Oh yeah, for sure. How much was the uh, the amount again? So if you go for the full, fully in bundle, I think you're looking at like five hundred and sixty nine pounds, which I think Ooh. is fair. It, it is, is fair. fair but how much, did I, how much did I put down? Please <laughs> say five hundred and fifty. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> the deposit um, was like twenty quid. We, we or put down. Like, I think it was even less than that. It was like four pound. So oh you, my you got, god. <laughs> Got a bit of a hill to climb there. Oh, I've just paid my tax bill. Ouch. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been saving. Yeah, no, so. I'll, I'll get this. There's no way I'm missing my slot. I really hope it comes. Yeah. Uh, obviously went for the super expensive top of the tier version because there is no other option in my eyes. Don't get an Xbox Series S. Why would you do that? Because there's the next that exists. Come on. Yeah. Um. But uh, uh, hey. Yeah. I, I feel like this this could be something special uh, in the handheld space, um, mm. and there's a, there's a good chance that I'm going to need handheld gaming soon enough. I won't go into detail, so uh, check back with me in two weeks, and I'll fill you in on that. But yeah, indeed, indeed. Ah, oh, very exciting, very exciting. <laughs> and recently, Dwayne the Rock Johnson said that he was going to be in a new video game movie. Everyone was wondering, what could it be? I mean, he was in Rampage. And at, at, at this point, he was obviously in Doom as well. At this point, it could be literally anything. Absolutely anything. Mike Hager in Final Fight is what I was expecting. That's what I was hoping but, for. Yeah. But no, no, no. He went down the ultimate boredom route. And he's going to be in the next uh, in the Call of Duty move. See, I think this is a great move for uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And because... because Call of Duty doesn't have a story, as far as I'm concerned. It's like it's up there with Halo, in my opinion, where the story just takes a complete backseat to the gameplay. Um, only this time, it, you can put any generic like military plot on there, and it will probably be as close to Call of Duty as you could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think a lot less so than bloody Halo. Like you can do pretty much anything with this, as long as yeah. there's men shooting each other with guns in an army esky type setting. And you don't even have to go that far. You, I just hope that someone gets teabagged. Uh, I hope someone cusses out their mum <laughs> and what have you. And really bring that Call of Duty experience to the big screen. Um, that's what is most important. Um, if they don't do that, I'll be very upset. But anything else, they can they can do what they want. I mean, um, uh, is there not a Call of Duty movie already? Like, I know, I'm sure there's Medal of Honor ones, isn't there? Um, no. It's surprising. They're so based on movies anyway. Like Medal of Honor Allied Assault had that whole D-Day landing uh, level, which was basically saving Private Ryan down to the camera work and, you know, all of the actor locations and the blocking. Um, so they don't really need to be made into movies because they are already based on movies in some way. Yeah. yeah. Ah, Call of Duty. Hey, it could be worse. It could be Uwe Boll. 
Mind you, they haven't said who's directing this yet. He will not be in this. Can you imagine a rock movie directed by that guy? I, 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 I'm starting to get a bit more excited, I've got to say, because that would be such a ridiculous train wreck. I would almost pay to go see it. Hang, hang, hang on, hang on. Before you say no to that, I just need to check something. Um, let me just see. Yes. Who starred alongside Dwayne The Rock Johnson um, in the film Hobbs and Shaw, 2019? Um, Jason Statham. And then who was the lead actor of The Return of the King, um, a Dungeon Siege tale? I don't know. Jason Statham. And who directed Dungeon Siege tale? Uwe Boll. I rest my case. In the name of the King, a Dungeon Siege tale. It's a real film. It's one of those weird Wikipedia things where you try and link it all the way back to Uwe Uwe Boll. No, Jason Statham was the main character in The Name of the King. There's no six degrees of separation here. That's a thing. That's a real thing. So it could easily happen to The Rock too. And I hope it does in some way. Fair enough. (laughs) 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 He's got a stupid name anyway. Yui Bowl. Um, Yeah. Raging Bowl uh, himself. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we'll end it there, guys. I think we will. Oh, man. He could have been in so many movies. He, he, He just went and chose like the most I don't care movie out there it'll be fine it'll, it'll probably be good i like i like dwayne the rock johnson movies they're just they're mindless in, in most aspects but you put them on and you're gonna have a good time um oh, come on it could have been anything else there's a lot it of could. big beefy men out there let me just put it this way the rock deserves better in my opinion he deserves like some genuine like heartfelt roles i mean one of my favorite films of his is the remake of walking tool now i know a lot of people didn't like that uh for whatever reason um he actually starred alongside johnny knoxville um and i feel like they did a bloody good job of like bringing the rock and johnny knoxville into a role that was actually somewhat dramatic as funny as it was it's great film Mm. um i really showed off what the rock could do in terms of acting chops um, as opposed to just being the brawny guy, um, you know, the big tough guy, or you know, the kindergarten cop style, big tough guy in a, you know, looking after children, fish out of water scenario, you know. In the rock trying to make a Spy Hunter other... movie, says Michael. He was in the sequel, Spy Hunter Two, on the Xbox. Like his voice or his likeness was in there. Yes, it? he was, wasn't he? Wow, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And that was a shame, because I'll tell you what, that first Spy Hunter game, I had it on PlayStation, well, not the first, but obviously the, the Spy Hunter game on the PlayStation 2, that was a wicked game. That was such a good spy uh, vehicular combat game. So good. That was so good. I was so disappointed with Spy Hunter 2 for the Xbox. Yeah. I couldn't even I couldn't get far in it at all. Um, and uh, P. Ferreira, in the chat, long-time supporter, you're going to be getting a backhand from me with comments like, every rock movie is terrible. Have you not seen Moana? He was perfect in that role. Out of everything I, I could have said, I said Moana, yeah. But, um, oh, it's cool. Shobs, uh, um, that, that Fast and Furious movie spin-off, that was good fun for what it was. It's just good fun. Yeah. I didn't mind Skyscraper, personally. I thought Skyscraper was a good laugh. The, the other guys, he was brilliant in that. Yeah. Especially... We need to be doing a rank of all of the rock movies. I don't know. I don't know if we need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jumanji, I actually thought was a bit naff. I don't know what everyone liked about that. Uh, Jungle Cruise was all right. All He's right. very fond of the jungle, isn't he? There's a he lot of films in which he, uh, yeah. 
Like he did that sequel to uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, um, which is very jungle. Baywatch based. was quite fun. Oh, I, I enjoyed watching I Baywatch. About that one. I completely forgot that was a thing, and now I feel I, I feel like I've been sick in my mouth. Talking of Baywatch, how good does that new Pam and Tommy trailer look? Has anyone seen the uh, trailer for Pam and Tommy? I haven't. Check out the documentary for Pam and Tommy. This like new Disney Plus TV show coming out. All about the uh, sex tape stealing of uh, Pamela Anderson and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Looks really, really good. Um, I always assumed that they leaked that one to the press. No, it was stolen by Seth Rogen, according to that trailer. Oh, really? (laughs) Yep. One way to make a career, I guess. (laughs) Maybe not Seth Rogen, or at least the character Seth Rogen is playing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I thought Red Notice on um, uh, the Netflix movie was quite fun. I thought that was all right. San Andreas is forgettable. I've not seen Rampage, um, but the funniest thing, have you seen what they did to Skyscraper, the, the, the poster? Uh, no, no, I haven't. So the Skyscraper poster is amazing, right? So let, let, me, let me show it to you guys. It's, it's the funniest thing, and then we'll, then we'll wrap, up the, uh, post, uh, wrap up the podcast. I open the image in new tab. Here we go. So this is the Skyscraper um, poster for people listening in it's essentially there's a part of the movie where Dwayne the Rock Johnson runs across a crane and then jumps off the edge of the crane into a building now someone very brilliantly on the internet this is where the internet absolutely shines and makes me go to bed gleefully happy someone pointed out that Dwayne the Rock Johnson I'm sorry to say guys isn't going to make that jump yeah. <laughs> his his uh, the, the, the way he's falling from the crane into the window. <laughs> He's going to yeah, go down no before way. he gets to that hole. <laughs> yeah, there's no but way. The amazing thing about it is uh, movie poster is people started actually going to town and looking into the math and working out if he would be able to make it. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, uh, open image and new tab. Here we go. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just no way he's making that jump based on his current trajectory. If that doesn't make you want to watch the film, I don't know what does. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love the maths. One rock uh, (laughs) at 1.9558 meters tall and the maximum success path. And they've worked out the exact math. It's amazing. Absolute amazing. Um, This makes me happy. Like, there's no way he's making that (laughs) jump. incredible incredible oh well guys i think we're gonna wrap it up there but people watching live don't go anywhere because uh, if i can get steamed hams game working then we'll check it out live and we will uh, definitely do that because i'm unable to stream this thursday coming so we're gonna do a little bit now but um yeah cheers for listening everyone that's listening in on the um on streaming services um and uh before we do go let's just give one massive shout out to Grizzly Gryden. Get on over to twitch.tv forward slash grizzly After you've made your way to twitch.tv forward slash slopes game with me, you can listen into this live because on twitch.tv forward slash grizzly you'll be able to check out a 24 hour stream, which is coming very soon. Is it not, Grizzly? That's right. And it's all in aid of these guys. So, Sans is mm-hmm. a charity that deals with um, helping parents out who have gone through very unfortunate circumstances due to. Um, stillbirth or neonatal deaths uh something that's very very close to my heart so i'll be doing that to raise i'll be doing a 24-hour stream to raise funds um 
for that charity yeah, if you absolutely. can come and join us um yeah thanks for hearing me out go show some love go show some love i will definitely be popping in at some point i'm sure probably multiple times if you're doing it for 24 hours which he is so go show some love um like i say come check us out on twitch uh, slopes uh twitch.tv forward slash slopes gaming but also make sure you are following and clicking the bell to twitch.tv forward slash grizzly cryden that's g-r-i-z-z-l-y-k-r-e-i-d-e-n yeah oh yes. um just just to remind that that stream takes place on the 18th of february and it's going to be at, from 10 a.m uk time uh on the friday up until 10 a.m the following day and then plus any break time gets added on top i could say yeah. What a legend. What a legend. Well, guys, like I say, if you are checking in live, do not go anywhere because we are going to be playing some steamed hams, the Simpsons click and play game, if we can get it running. Um, and um, yeah, for everyone listening in, this is DJ Soap and Grizzly signing out. And hopefully we'll see you all next time. Catch you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to Slopescast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slopes Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time